good evening and welcome to a special edition of the Sideline Junkies. Uh, it's me, it's me, it's the big guy KG here with the boss BJ. What's up, everybody? Uh, we call this a special edition because with everything that's went on in the last week and a half, two weeks, uh, we here the sideline junkies didn't feel that we could sit around any longer and not get our voices heard because everyone here at the sideline junkies is a black man. Everyone here at the sideline junkies has a black son. So we owe it to our sons. We owe it to ourselves. We owe it to our people to get our voice heard on the current matters that are happening in the United States and protest all across the world. And, and that is that is my son, Junior, fussing, so he had to excuse him. But um, 100% KG, it's time, and not just you know, what's going on with the, the current events. It just everything that's led up to this point where the country is at the point it is now, which is on its knees. And it will probably continue to be that way until some type of change is uh, implemented. Um, what do you want to start at, man? I mean, it's like, it's so, it's so much to, to talk about it's so much to so many points to be made, but like, I mean, let's just start with, let's just start with why the country is where it is now. And, and that's George Floyd. Let's start with that KG. Well, since we're going to start there, um, that's the latest that we know of right now. And I, I'm, I'm getting word and I'm trying to find out how true it is. And I'll find out after we're done here, but, there's another man that was uh, killed in police custody, suffocating. So, you know, we, we have George Floyd, we have Breonna Taylor, we have Ahmaud Aubrey, but it goes deeper than that. We have Philando Castile, we have Sandra Bland. You have Malice Green. You got Trayvon Martin. You have uh, Tamir Rice. And these are only a handful of names. The and, list is so long. And And I was just about to say, it's just... It's heartbreaking to know how many moms, how many dads and sisters and brothers are out there that then had a loved one taken away from them from an act of senseless and unnecessary police brutality. Um, because, you know, you hear about the things that hit the news, but it's so many more moms and dads that had to bury a son or a daughter because of the incompetence of the American police departments across this, the, the, the country. Um, it's not fair. You know, it's not fair that as a black male, uh, like KG said, everybody that's on this show, in case you didn't know, is a black male. Um, and it's not fair that all of my 39 years on this earth, I've had to walk, talk, and act a certain way so that my life wouldn't be in danger. Especially if I'm in certain areas, if I'm in a store, if I'm driving my car, you know, God forbid you get pulled over, that's a whole nother, you know, that's like a whole nother file cabinet in your head of things and that you have to go through and do while you're getting pulled over to minimize the risk of being killed by a police officer that automatically sees your black skin as a threat and you twitch your pinky and they're ready to shoot you. Um, the George Floyd thing, the whole incident there. Now, you know, I, I've sat and, you know, we've all sat and we've watched countless number of uh, police kill unarmed black men and women and for whatever reason this time no, and don't get me wrong all of them are hard to watch 
all of them are gut wrenching. You know, feel like you're getting punched on your stomach watching this over and over again. But for whatever reason, the George Floyd one for me, and I, I can only speak for myself, was particularly hard to watch. And I, I still haven't watched it all the way through. Um, you see new clips. You see the, the new clips that were posted. Of they look like they're beating the shit out of them in a squad car. Um, but just to see the the the, the clip I saw, the, the little bit I did watch, and to see that officer's knee on that on on, on Mr. Floyd's neck, and I, I told KG and told a, a, a host of other people, like. For me, that officer didn't have to smile. He didn't have to uh, make any facial expressions. You could just see on his face that he was enjoying what he was doing. And to me, that was the most sickening part of seeing that video and trying to process it in my head. Like, here goes another black male that's what is dying in police custody unnecessarily and you see the video people had to upload the other video of across the street to see it's three other officers on his back and his whole entire body you know uh two other officers whatever it was and then it's one standing so it's just like why why can a why can a white kid go in a church shoot up a church be taken alive and taken a Burger King. And why can't somebody like Philando Castro be pulled over, have a permit for a gun? Everything's legal and still get shot to death. KG, I'm not I'm not understanding. Well, brother. I mean, you got to ask your question, yourself the same question with uh, Eric Garner standing out front of the store selling loose cigarettes. And he winds up getting choked out. Alton Sterling selling CDs. And he gets shot. I mean, that, that, that's the, 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 the things that we deal with. Those are the fears we deal with every day. And there, there are so many people saying, well... All cops aren't bad cops. Yeah, well, all black people aren't bad people either. But because of my black skin, I'm, 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 I intimidate you. I threaten you. So you feel you need to use deadly force. You can't expect me to respect your badge when you don't respect my skin color. And take it to another level. People say, oh... Yeah, black lives matter, but blue lives matter. No, no, no. I didn't choose to be black. I was born into this. You weren't born in the police to be a police officer. Exactly. That's a profession you chose. Exactly. Well, don't said. tell me all lives matter. I understand all lives matter, but all lives are not in danger. Black lives are. Okay. And 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 I got a list of of of, of people. That I got a little, you know, a, a message for, and I'll get to that a little later. But it should be no way in four hills that everybody around the world has to protest to put the heat on district attorneys and uh, attorney generals and everybody just to make charges for these people, these 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 cowards to be prosecuted and start the, the process of them being prosecuted because just because they were arrested and charged, I'm not happy. When you say conviction, when you say life imprisonment, when you say death penalty, then I can say, okay, justice was served because we've gotten conviction. I'm sorry. We've gotten charges brought between a countless amount of officers, but no convictions. But then they wonder why people of color, black people, go off the way they do when you, you it's basically saying that, OK, I can take your life. I'll get charged. But uh, 
I'll, I'll never go to jail. So, and it, it makes, you know, it, it makes it seem like they're putting a value on what a black life costs because I don't even know the boy name, but I, I really, and I think I have erased his name from memory because of the, 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 the pain and the hatred I feel for him. But he walked into a church in South Carolina and killed nine people. And like you said, BJ, they took him alive. And alive. Took him to Burger King. Took him to Burger King, made sure he had AC because it was hot outside. Now, Mr. Floyd was had the police call to him because they said he had he was given counterfeit 20s. Come to find out the 20 wasn't even counterfeit. But you knelt on this man's body. You put a knee in his neck. For $20. For $20. Not, not, yep. you, not you got a police call saying that uh, it was a potential armed robbery at the store. Not, no. Not an assault. Not, you know, any armed and dangerous. You got a, a complaint of possible counterfeit money. And that was the action you took. Well, like I said, you it, you know, when they show the other, when you look at the other video angles, and I, think, I believe it's on the left side of the squad car towards the sidewalk, he's in the back. It looks like they're, they're beating the shit out of him in the back of the car for mm-hmm. $20. Mm-hmm. And you just said something about how black lives are devalued. They are because we have people, and you know, and you don't have to be black just to know this. You, you have African Americans that are in jail for 20, 30, 50 years for simple marijuana possession. Uh-huh. Yet you have a cops that have killed in cold blood intentionally with no regret. Walter Scott comes to mind. Walter Scott, uh, I forgot exactly what I want to say, South Carolina. This is where he broke away from the police officer, started running, and a police officer unloaded into his back. Mm-hmm. That man was no threat. He was running away. You could have chased him down and tackled him, and and but you chose to unload, shoot him in the back, and it just seemed like once he was finished, he was like, man, that was an accomplishment for me. So you got people in, in jail of my skin complexion doing a ridiculous amount of time for marijuana possession, which, by the way, is starting to be legal in a lot of the country now. And that's a whole nother episode. And now white people are benefiting and profiting off a drug that black people have been punished for selling to feed families to have money for a long time. So you got Th- think about doing... this. Go ahead. Think think about this. I don't mean to cut you off. No, you fine. And this will put this will put it in a in a real good perspective. Now you and I we're child we're children of the eighties. Okay, so we were alive, especially in D.C., Maryland, Virginia. We were alive when Rayful Edmonds ran the city. We know what crack did to the to 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 the hood. We know crack hit the hood and it messed everything up. We know that all those people that got hooked and they were dependent on this drug, right? They were dependent on it. The ones that died, the ones that OD'd and, and, and was just cracked out for years and, and, and wound up doing petty stuff to go to jail. It was an epidemic. They called it the crack epidemic. Now, there was no 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 black people with boats and stuff like that bringing guns and crack into the city. That was piped in some other way. And you know what other way that was. Oh, but it was yeah, an yeah. epidemic then. Yeah, we know who bought it. The government bought it in. Exactly. Yeah, they, it, they, we ain't we ain't holding no punches on this show. The government is, is one of the most the government should be the government and the police department should be labeled as terrorist organizations. Because anytime uh, a government is willing to sacrifice people for the greater good, for financial, for whatever gain, they, they, you know, whatever it is they need at that, at that particular time. And, you know, you go back and look at events in history and 
just how many people have died senselessly because this government is greedy. It's always been this way. Like I said, that's a whole nother show, whole mm-hmm. different topic, whole nother show. I'm not going to go into it. But now, think about this. Now, uh-huh. that was the crack epidemic, right? Right. What was it about a year ago, year and a half? They was talking about the opioid epidemic. Now it's a problem. So we got to help people that are addicted to opioids. We want to set up clinics and, and, and yep. rehabs. But you didn't do that when the crack epidemic hit the black neighborhoods. It hit the low yep. income Hispanic neighborhoods. It wasn't a problem then. They didn't give a shit. But now the opioid, which has been around for quite some time. I mean, I've, I, I've heard it's been around for years. People have been smoking opium and, and, and anything that's opioid based and, and taking it. But now it's a problem because it's hitting, it's hitting corporate America. It's hitting the upper echelon of the whites. Now it's a problem. But when the, 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 the middle and the lower class of black was dying off this little piece of, of rock that gives you a 10 minute high it wasn't a problem and that's what I mean right there nobody cared even then nobody cared for us so here we are 35 years later and still nobody fucking cares for us that's what we mean when we say black lives matter nobody is caring we're trying to bring forth the whole point of, yes, our lives matter just like everybody else's. We're dying out here. But everybody wants to bring up black-on-black crime. Like, black-on-black crime does not exist. Okay? Let's talk about, nobody wants to talk about white-on-white crime. Nobody wants to talk about Hispanic-on-Hispanic crime. All you want to talk about is black-on-black crime. That's all you ever hear. That's all you used to hear on the news. And that, and not only is that all they want to talk about, that's what the media pushes that's the agenda the media pushes and just just learning more about things and how things work and how the media pumps stories up to make things juicy it's a lot of tattletelling and 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 lying going on when when they put these numbers out here because if i tell you um 25 people you know, died on black and black crime. That's not sexy. That's not an alarming number. Now, if I tell you 3,500 people died and it's a killing every night and this, that, and the other, and I'm pumping fear into your head, that's a sexy story. So, KG, it's, it's so much blame to go around and so much it, it, it's 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 the entire system and i i kind of turn my nose and that when I, you know especially the last couple of days when i see certain people posting solidarity i see police departments taking a knee putting their riot shields down and i say to myself where were y'all at the last let's just say the last three years why didn't y'all do this when, um, like you said, Eric Garner, Walter Scott, Trayvon Martin, uh, Tamir Rice? Why do I have to? Why do I remember these names of black men, women, kids that have died in the hands of police? Tamir Rice was thirteen. Well, Trayvon Martin was killed by a crazy police wannabe. And yeah, and and, and brother, I you know, I don't condone violence um, but he should have been handled a long time ago he should have been handled a long time ago I, he should have been handled a long time ago I, but he's profiting off of it. he's making he, paintings and things like that of it's not, Trayvon Martin not, and things like that it's not even that, that remember all the donations that poured in his way when it first happened and I, I I never understand that. But then here's another thing that I'll never understand. When someone, black man, black woman, black child, is killed by law enforcement or they were stalked the way Trayvon Martin was and killed, you always got to bring up, well, 
they had a significant criminal past, and Trayvon Martin had had gold fronts, and he th- had threw up his middle fingers and pitches. He was seventeen. Yep. That's what kids do. You're, you're coming into that adult age, and I can't even lie. I don't know if I actually went back and looked, and I I was looking through some pictures at my mom's house the other day. I got so many pictures with me throwing up different shit. But it was stuff that was done in the house. Yes, it's a, we're in the internet age, so everything is posted online. But God forbid something happened to me today or tomorrow. Are they going to say, well, he's got a criminal past and look at him throwing up gang signs. Damn, I can't even, I, I'm throwing up five fingers. At, that, at the time when that picture was taken, you know why I was throwing up the five? My Bulls had just won their fifth championship, so everything was about five. Then after that, when they won six, I threw up the six. And and that's and that's what I'm talking about about the media having a hand in it also because when just like you said when something happens with us it they dig up the negative picture are you throwing up gang signs or you around other people they don't pull up the picture of you you know doing good sitting with your kids they don't picture you know army picture you know. A white person does something horrible and you get to see the Naval Academy picture and mm-hmm. them, them volunteering in the soup kitchen pictures and mm-hmm. shit. Um, so that's why I was saying the media has a lot to do with with, with how you're force fed. And you know what's crazy and it, it's, it's that it's, the, it's, it's like I don't know how to describe it. We were watching Thomas the Train. And I'm looking and I said, wow, not one of these people, you know, I don't know if it's done on purpose or not, but not one of these people, Mr. Sir Topham had, none of them are black. So from a young age, and this is why it's important for us to create our own things, our own shows, our own dolls, our own toys for our kids to educate our kids on the truth of history and not the bullshit history that we're taught in school that Christopher Columbus discovered America and America's great and slavery ended completely in the 60s. This is why it's so important because you watch as a young black kid, you watch all these shows that are created by white people. And and don't get me wrong, like you said, all white people aren't bad, but there are no representation of us. So as a young you're soaking all of this in. You're seeing this. And subliminally, when you get older, in your head, only white people do these jobs. Nobody taught you this. It's what you've been watching on TV your entire life. You grew up watching, um, you know, all the, all the characters on the show be white. All the characters on this show be white. Your favorite shows. It might have been a scientist. You know, it might have been, you know, a train conductor. And in your head, a doctor, doctor, whatever, in your head, your head just processes like, okay, white people are the ones that do these jobs. It's nothing that is physically taught. It's like, it's that subliminal message that also is kind of hurting us. And that's why it's important for you to, at, at a young age, you have to take the bullshit away from your kids. The, the holidays, um, me personally, I don't celebrate July 4th anymore, Thanksgiving or Christmas or any other Easter, um, you name it, Father's Day, Mother's Day, all of that is bullshit to me, especially the, the three holidays. I think the, the number one holiday bullshit on my list is July 4th. After that, it's Christmas and Thanksgiving. Actually, I, I put Thanksgiving up. Thanksgiving, then Christmas. Three of the most bullshit holidays, July 4th, especially for black people, because you're celebrating July 4th. I'm sorry. Go back in your history books and you find out when July 4th hit, uh, was that what, was it 1776, whatever the fuck it is. When mm-hmm. were we free? When were we free? I'm sorry. Because we uh, were free July 4th, 1776. June 19th, 1865. That's why we June celebrate 19th. Juneteenth. Exactly. And that's what I starting this year, the last couple of years that I've been reading and learning about stuff has soured me on the July 4th. 
and finding out what the rest of the national anthem is, the complete national anthem. Don't stop it at the good shit. Go through the rest of the national anthem. Um, Read the cornerstone letter Killer Mike was talking about. I sent it to KG. When you go back that far to the cornerstone letter and see the mentality back then, I understand. I'm not mad. I understand more now. Let me not put that right. I, I am angry. But my anger is a little bit more tapered because I understand better. When you have been teaching that a race is, has been inferior for as long as these people have been doing it in this country, it's embedded into certain people. It's nothing you can do. Drew Brees made an ass out of himself yesterday. He came back today with an apology. I didn't even read the apology. I don't want to read the apology. I'm not accepting the apology because he said what he meant yesterday. And this is the great thing about, and stay with me right now, because I don't want to get to rambling. Y'all know how, if y'all listen to the show, y'all know how I get. But this is the great thing about why President Trump being in office because he's bringing out these people that would normally be scared to show their true colors. Now you get to see a host of people that's showing their true colors. Just today, if you live in PG County and we're PG County and 450, uh, 193 and 450 cross, if you're going there 193 going towards Largo, it's a house up with a, a, a United States flag and a Trump 2020 flag. Never seen any type of. I wrote. I ride through there all the time. I've been riding through there since I, I got my license, because I love coming that way. It's a lot of scenery. It's quiet. It's normally no traffic. Never seen any type of political thing outside this particular house because you would notice it. But you see that Trump 2020 flag. You go up in only. You see Trump 2020 flags flying on back of them 450 F150 uh, diesels. Them Chevys, Trump 2020. Never seen this stuff. I want, hey, you're bringing out my enemy in the light. I want to know. Like, look, I, I hate to burst some of y'all bubbles. Y'all work with these people. Uh-huh. Some of y'all work with people that hate niggers. And I said, just like that. That hate niggers. Just think of what we're going through right now. We're going through a, a crisis right now. The country is going through a crisis where anything you put on social media is being amplified. And people are getting fired. White people are getting fired, losing their jobs, losing everything left and right. Their businesses because they're posting stuff about how they hate niggers, how George Floyd, George Floyd deserved to die. And all it takes is a screenshot be like, uh, hey, UPS, this person work for you uh-huh. and they're frying these people and just think about this for a second that's still not enough for these people to stop just the KG sent me the Remax agent with the assault rifle it's still not it, just think about how big that is your feelings are that strong you see people getting fired you see people get losing their jobs their livelihood for posting on social media and you work for this company and they're fine. The best thing you can do is have your own company. Because just like we've seen with the whole George Zimmerman thing, there are people that will support you for hating black people. Uh-huh. That's, that's a given. There, will, there are people in this country, depending on where you stay at, you know, but like, oh, I didn't know you hated black people. I'm, I'm going to buy from you now exclusively. Um, it's just to know that, and you know, I got BJ Jr., KG got Dario Xavier, Jim got Jim Jr., and, and I don't mean just bring out the boys because the women are a danger too. But it seems like for whatever reason, the black men are way more of a threat to the white men, and the, you know, the police are ready just to shoot them dead. So it when you when you got to go through the thought process of, geez, I hope my brother, my uncle don't get pulled over today. I, my best friends I grew up with, you know, people that I've met that I consider family now, 
that you have to have a mental that mental check in your head like I hope today is not the day that I get a message saying that somebody's dead because a trigger happy police officer that hate black people. Now, I'm gonna give it to you in a second, KG. I just want to make I'm gonna just touch on the whole police officer thing. Like KG said before, no one asked these people to be police officers. They volunteered this. And for the longest time, I've always wondered why they get to be the judge and the jury. Why do they have guns? That's that's one thing. I guarantee you, if you take the lethal force away, of course, you know, if you want them to protect themselves, there's way more ways to protect themselves. But if you take that lethal force away, I guarantee you all that barking and that unnecessary disrespect that they show behind that badge, I guarantee you that should have stopped. Because they won't have that unhook that that the the holster and and in your life threat. They won't have that. They have to have hand-to-hand combat, stun gun, taser. Like why isn't that good enough? I've always thought one, they should not have guns. Two, once you take an oath to serve and protect any penalty crime that you commit while you are serving that oath should be doubled. It should be maxed and doubled because you did the ultimate violation. People trust you. People are supposed to go to you when there's trouble. People are supposed to call you when something's wrong and you violate that that oath when you violate that oath whatever you did if it, if, if 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 it's murder and the max sentence for murder is 30 years you should get 60 uh-huh. if if it's petty petty burglary and the max sentence is 6 years you should get 12 and you should have to it should be a offender list, just like it's a sex offender list for police officers that have took that oath and basically pissed on it. So when you talk about, when I hear Drew Brees make his comments, when I hear, when I see people make their comments about disrespecting the flag and the country, please stop with that bullshit. That means, all that tells me is that you're ignorant as fuck and you don't care about black and brown people lives. That's what that tells me because if you so much cared about that goddamn flag, which is not great, this country is not great. If you cared about it so much, then why are your police officers disrespecting it daily? Well, B, since you, you know, you, you, you ended with Drew Brees. You know, anybody that listens to this show know how I feel about Drew Brees. Know how I feel about Drew Brees. So when that news came down that he said that yesterday, I was hurt because I'm a big fan of his. Really, really big fan. Uh, That apology that came, I don't accept it. Because see, here's the thing. Everybody always want to say, oh, we have to be good Christians. You have to turn the other cheek. Look here, I'm out of fucking cheeks to turn. I'm out. I'm done with turning the other cheek. And I don't I, I can't do it anymore. When is it gonna be time that okay, you fool me once. Okay, let me do, do the other side. Okay, fool me again. How many times do I gotta keep forgiving? But I'm still not making any headway. Then for him to say, Oh, you disrespecting the military, you disrespecting the flag. We've said it for the last four years. It's not about the military and the flag. That shows me that your knucklehead ass wasn't fucking listening. That's what that shows me. But then not only that, you have so many people against uh, uh, Black Lives Matter. You have so many people against it. The bad part about it, we got people that have black skin. It's against Black Lives Matter. One in, in, in particular, Candace Owens. I don't even know what she does, but I'm seeing her face over everything. And she's on that list. And I got a very nice fuck you for her. 
I don't I don't know you. I don't care to know you. Whatever you stand for, I don't care who you're married to. You can't deny what's going on in this country. The climate has changed dramatically in the last 10 years. It's really not safe for people of color, black folks, to walk down the street every day. As you can see, you can't even bird watch in Central Park because you ask someone to put their dog on a leash because they have leash laws. She calls the police on you and say that you were threatening her in a threatening manner. Now, if that wasn't recorded, how bad could that have ended? We could be talking about another hashtag. I'm tired of my people being fucking hashtags. So, Candace Owens, you don't have anything to say. If you're a Trump supporter, that's your opinion. Fine. I don't care. That's your opinion. But to make assumptions about black lives and you're black yourself, you are tone deaf. And I really mean it from the bottom of my heart. Fuck you. Brother, it's some people out here that do stuff for the attention. We talk about it all the time. We talk about when, just like, let's take an Instagram model. You got women out here that, you know, portray themselves as Instagram models and get a certain level of attention. And when they stop getting that attention, they're willing to go to the next level, which might be Posting in underwear, posting without a shirt, posting, you know, holding their titties. It's the same thing. Kardashians, <laughs> Candace Owens, Jason Whitlock. It's all across the board. It's controversy creates cash. When you stir the pot now on, you know, Instagram, social media, because y'all, y'all, everybody's feeding into Candace Owens. If you would ignore her, I guarantee you she'll go away quick, but people are not ignoring her when she says something ignorant and stupid. Now you've got, you know, influencers and stuff that feel like they have to do a rebuttal video and they're tagging her or, you know, hashtagging her. That's just putting her name out there even more. When Jason Whitlock says something stupid, his name gets put out there. You know, he, he just lost his Fox job. Somebody else is going to pick Jason Whitlock up. You know why? Because he brings in the viewers. He brings the heat. And that's what pays the bills. And that's what I was just talking about, about the media. It's not sexy and exciting to talk about what uh, happened at the um, uh, community center over the weekend. But it is sexy and exciting to talk about the shootout, another shootout. Another shootout. You don't have it. If you just pay attention to the news, nothing ever happens in certain parts of where you are. Never. But if you go look at the police reports, they got domestic violence. They got uh, shootings, car, burglary, everything. But it's not sexy to talk about it in a white, good neighborhood. It's not sexy. It's sexy to talk about it in predominantly black neighborhoods. And And it's the same thing I was just talking about with the Thomas the Train, when you you have a, a young black son, if you have a young white son, and you y'all watch the news, and every time he's watching the news, he's seeing that, you know, D.C. shooting, D.C. shooting, burglary, black people killing this, that, and the other. You've already programmed him without touching him. He's when he get he gets older, he's already pre-programmed. Black people are animals; they don't know how to act. It goes both ways. It goes both ways. It, that's why it is so important for you to understand what's on the TV, what's on YouTube. My kids are big into YouTube. Monitoring to see what they're watching. One of my, my, my second youngest daughter's favorite shows is like a ninja thing on YouTube. But it's no black people. And that's not, that's not their fault. They're friends. You understand what I'm saying? It's not everything that's a racial thing. It's something that's just, hey, just like our podcast, we don't we don't have anybody white. We, we all of us are black. So, yeah, you you, you know so, something, bro? It, it, it's so many people against us, 
and and the thing is, we run in the same race, jumping over mostly the same hurdles, and they still trying to trip us up. And I, I for the life of me, and you talk about an area in PG County, which is one of the most affluent counties in the country, black affluent counties in the country. And you see Trump 2020 flags out in uh, Baltimore County, um, Pasadena, uh, uh, Arnold, you name it. I see it all day, every day. I see a lot of Confederate flags. And I'm like, come on now. And they give me the stink eye while I'm trying to do my job. I'm getting the stink eye. Like I did something wrong. Do I have a, a criminal past? No, I do not. But I'm supposed to be happy-go-lucky. Hey, how you doing? All right, good to see you. Now, I do have regulars that see me all the time and stop me and they talk to me, ask me how's everything going, do I need anything? And genuinely, that's how they are. Because every everybody that's out that way, they get the same thing. They're like that with everybody. They're so welcoming and warm. And they're genuinely like, hey, keep your head up. It's rough right now, but it's not going to be like this always. You got people that got your back. And that's all we ask for. Not just from the, the, the people that don't have the same skin color, but even the people that have the same skin color. That's why we put out the video. I made a video yesterday for trying to find every black-owned company in the DMV. Because I want to all get together. And, and, and say, hey, these are places you can go. You can support this. You can support that. I'm not. I, I know the world will never be perfect. I know it'll never be perfect. But damn it, you got to realize when you're no longer here and that next generation is coming in, you got to leave something for them. And, 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 and the generation before us ran. The generation before them ran. The generation before that generation ran. My generation, we out of breath. We're tired of running. But all they're doing is chasing us. Whether it be uh, 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 racist, whether it be the police, they're, 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 they're cutting us down left and right. And I hear a lot of people say, well, we don't have a, a, a black leader to look up to. I mean, uh, uh, you got half the people love Barack Obama. The other half can't stand him because, oh, he didn't do nothing for the black community. I, I don't know what more you could want him to do when he was getting blocked on everything he was doing when he was in office. But OK, that's your opinion. I, I, OK, but we don't have I mean, growing up, you had Al Sharpton, you had Jesse Jackson, but for the last 12, 13 years. Now, I found out today Jesse Jackson has Parkinson's, but Al Sharpton has been relatively, you know, quiet until something major happens and then the news cameras are there. Come on. So, it's time to breed new leaders. We, we, we need new leaders to step up. And a lot of people say, how can you take advice from a dude named Killer Mike? Because he's speaking real. Don't exactly. matter what your name is. His message is real. It matters what the message is real. Um, you know, and you mean it from the heart. You can tell when somebody's talking from the heart, means it from the heart. You know, everybody's, you know, everybody didn't start out as not going to finish the way. Look at David out. Banner. Look at the change. Look, the perfect example. Look at the change David Banner made. David Banner's another one. Great voice, and, and, and speaks real. That that's what I'm talking about. And, but and, and that goes back to what I'm saying. But if you're not talking about drugs on your song, shooting up shit, nobody wants to hear it. If you're not talking about fucking bitches, and if the women not in a rap video half naked talk uh, rapping, 
you know, Meg the Stallion, Cardi B. They're not half naked, you know, with a G string on. You're not interested. When they start talking about real shit, now, you, you know, the media, like I said, the media mm-hmm. has a big hand and stuff. Now you start tuning, tuning these people out because they will always be the next motherfucker that wants to talk about shooting and doing drugs and, you know, and their, and their songs. It'll always be the next female rapper that wants to talk about sex and sucking dick in her song. Always. It's not, everybody's going to sell out for money to get their chance to get their first contract to get attention. Candace Owens, they're going to, they're going to sit down. Like I said, I think the Kardashians, I think the Ball family, I think they got some of the best PR people in the world. Now, the Ball family, Navar, he's been, ever since that sexual allegation, been kind of quiet because he was lighting it up for a long time. Um, and I thought that was real bogus of, that, that whole situation was real bogus. That's another, you know, a whole nother topic. But, KG, we've been going, this, we could talk yeah, about this all night. But we're not going to talk about it all night. We got to cut it off. And um, we cut it off. We'll come back with our second segment. NBA's coming back in July. We'll speak on that shortly, briefly, and uh, give our thoughts on that. And all you got to do is keep listening. And we are back with our second segment. This segment, we'll be talking about the NBA, some sports finally coming back. NBA is slated to come back. I believe it's late July, is it, KG? Yeah, I believe it is late July. I, I don't like the timeline. <laughs> why, why don't you like the timeline? Well, okay, you, you think about it. It comes back in late July. They're talking about playing a couple of uh, more regular season games. Then you're talking first round, second round, uh, conference finals, finals. And the NBA is going to be going until – October, which is when training camp for the new season normally starts September and October. Oh, that's Junior again. <laughs> so then we're ta- they're talking about the following season. It's not going to start until uh, Christmas. Yeah. About about everybody really starts paying attention to the NBA anyway, so I get that. So what does that mean for the next season? Uh, is it going to be shortened? Are you going to try to compact everything in and still try to get done by the end of June? Well, I think uh, I think that I mean, I think everybody you just said it, you just hit the nail on the head that and, and, the, and the NBA coming back they have to, they're voting on it tomorrow. They're supposed to be the union, players union representative from all 22 teams that were invited to Orlando are supposed to vote on it tomorrow. So I don't I don't really think that um it's gonna be an issue. Um but I think you hit the nail on the head when you said artist oh, is the season gonna be shorter and that people really don't pay attention to the season until around that time, which is about Christmas. So we know everything is financial. You know, don't get me wrong, you know, coronavirus or COVID nineteen can't take over the you know things are going to have to be done differently but you got to find a way to move on so this is their way of moving on so um i think moving forward could could you see maybe it drop to 72 games 62 games i mean i don't i don't think so because that would hurt the nba financially So, you know, what you think? What does that mean for – wasn't this an Olympic year? Uh, don't give me the line. I don't know. 2008, 2012, 16. Yeah, this is an Olympic year, but they canceled the Olympics until next year, correct? They might have, yeah. I, I believe they did. I'm not sure, but I know we don't have no Olympics this summer. So – Okay, but then think about this. You have, as a player, you have no downtime if you're in the playoffs. You have no downtime whatsoever. So these guys, if you haven't been working out, and we've seen what the lockout did to a number of players back in 99, you know, guys 
left the game at, at the end of the season weighing 230, 240, and they come back and they weigh 330. And their career is never the same, Clarence Witherspoon, uh, Sean Kemp. But what is that? I just I wonder what it's going to do to the players' bodies with that much basketball compressed, and 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 it's drawn out so far. But your body's not your body's used to resting from this time to this time. Then training camp start up, so you know you start getting back into shape, and then the beginning of the season, the preseason, and everything. But now you'll be playing. We're not going to crown an NBA champion until. October. The draft lottery is not until the 15th. Uh, and I think the draft is not until the 31st, which would be normally opening night of October. And both the 15th and the 31st of October. I just... I think it's too much. Uh, and then the way they got the format, you got uh, 13 teams from the West, 9 teams from the East, and the Wizards. And I'm trying to get BJ to accept this, that the Wizards are making the playoffs, and he has to take me to lunch now. <laughs> hey, you know what, man? Look, it's they're restarting it with eight games. And I believe, don't quote me, I believe if the ninth seed is – if within four games of the AFC, they give a one-time playoff game, play play-in game for the AFC. So, um, I think you're going to see a mix of guys that took care of their bodies. You're going to see a mix of guys that didn't take it seriously. We're going to see a lot of probably sloppy basketball. Don't you know? It's only eight games. Um, I think by the time you hit, uh. Conference finals, you'll probably start seeing some, you know, towards you, the, the what's around before the conference? Uh, semis, yeah, semis. The, towards the end of the, my prediction is towards the end of the semis and the beginning of the West and East conference finals, you'll start seeing some good basketball. But well, right now, it's probably gonna be sloppy, low scoring, um, because guys gonna be winded. You know, you, you can work out and do as much as you want, but NBA shape is, you know, a different animal. And the way they got it going, it looks like kind of like G League, you know, kind of, you know, games after game after game. So um, I'm excited to see it. Um, this, this draft lottery, yeah, draft lottery is going to be August 25th, NBA draft on October 15th. Uh, yeah, league likely beginning oh. December 1st. I, I had my dates wrong because I thought the draft lottery. I thought I read the draft lottery was on the fifteenth of October. Okay. Okay, that's not bad. So that's not bad. So that means, uh, uh, what it looks like it might. What this is going to be? What I'm trying to read and see when the when they expect the NBA finals to start, but I don't see it. So I mean, I think you know we talked about it a little bit off here. I think the the teams that they invited are you know fair. You know, all the teams, if, you know, season started back up, have a legit chance to claim the eighth seed. And I think that's why you only see one team, which are the Wizards, coming out of the, the East. Like, and Stephen A. Smith said it the best. You had 80% of the season to make yourself relevant. So don't come crying now that you're not – nobody wants to see the, the – nobody wants to see the, the Hawks um, – uh, God knows who are, who are, who am I forgetting? The the Bulls. <laughs> nobody hey, watch them out. Nobody wants to see these teams, man. No, but honestly, and this would be an unpopular opinion, especially with you. If they actually put the Hawks in it, I would want to see the Hawks just so Vince Carter could get a proper send off. Oh, uh, you know, you know how I feel about Vince Carter. I'm not even gonna go into. I that. understand. Yeah, I'll, I'll... but that's it's an unpopular opinion with you. Yeah. But just to see him get a proper send-off because this is final season and he didn't even get a chance to go on the, the world tour that Dirk went on, that uh, KG went on. You know, all the guys, I mean, except Paul Pierce, but all the guys went on, that Kobe went on. He didn't, he didn't get that. And this man has played in four different decades, and I think that's something that uh, should be celebrated. 
to actually play in four different decades. Yeah, longevity, so. you know. Um, that I'm, I'm reading, I'm just reading different things. It says Portland was a lone team to vote against the 22 team format. Because, you know, I, mm. I understood Damian Willis said a couple of days ago, a week ago, he was basically saying, if you come back and I don't have a chance to make the playoffs, there's no point of playing. And, and that's and yeah. that's, the, and that's the truth. Like, to come back just to, to play, you know, you, you play to win. Play to win championships, make the playoffs. So, you know, I'm sure they, you know, they thought out eight games is enough to, you know. And then, like I said, it's not even – you don't even have to take over the eighth spot. You just have to be within four games. You know, if you're within four games of the eighth, you get a playoff game. And I think I'm I'm actually excited for that, KG, because I think that would be an intense game. I think that would be something that they might look at if if you get two playoff play in games on the east and the west side and they're really intense or really good. Or who knows, they could be blowouts. But I think they would be really intense, really good. You gotta fight for your livelihood. And it might be something you might see implemented. It's kind of like the NCA style where the ninth and the AC maybe do a three-game series and battle it out to get in. You know, that might be like a concession. And instead of just eight teams making the playoffs, we'll do nine, and eight and nine is the playing game, and that's for the AC, which is going to mm-hmm. be a disadvantage to the AC because you already got three games of wear and tear. Yeah, but then also – Depending on, I mean, that number one seed, if it's a, a powerful number one, which most number one seeds have been in the last few years, they've been dominant. You're yeah. the sacrificial lamb. So it's basically eight and nine are playing, okay, who's <laughs> going to the slaughterhouse? Yeah, that that's true. That's true. It's, it's uh, when was the last eight one seed upset? Was that Denver? No, nah, it couldn't have been that long ago. When no, was- uh, Last in recent memory that I can remember, uh, Denver was one in what was that ninety four with Denver. Yeah. Uh, 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 the Knicks in ninety nine were AC and they made it all the way to the finals. They damn sure were. Yep, they damn sure were. So, um, but anything after that, I can't really think because I mean, a, a, a lot of teams, a, a lot of the seeding was kind of sort of just bogus because you know they were separated by a game two games so you know it's never been that really you know when it's tightly contested it's like especially like the the western conference it's always tightly contested and one and eight are separated sometimes by seven eight games and that's the west is so dominant but the east would be separated by like 22 and the ac to be below 500 now yeah yeah yeah, I mean, it's definitely, you know, like I said, you know, I think everybody's happy to see some type of sports back, see something on TV, just try to get back to normal a little bit, um, which reminds me, me and you have to go to Ticketmaster within the next uh, month and purchase some uh, Redskin Cowboys home game tickets. Mm-hmm. Still some available. Um, and if, you know, if the game is played, we'll be there. If not, then... I want my money back, <laughs> you know, so, but hey, man, it is what it is. Like I said, from, from this point on, everything's going to be different sports, the way you do life, um, social distancing is probably going to be something that we're going to have to live with forever. Virtual, um, I have a virtual doctor's appointment on the 17th. I've never had a virtual doctor's appointment in my life. <laughs> I just did one yesterday. Yeah, that that's that, I'm just like, wow, okay. So and, and what what's crazy is it's like you think it's like, wow, some of this stuff could have been done this way in the beginning. Mm-hmm. Yeah, if it's a you know, certain things that you know I don't have to be physically examined or you know, if it's just a, a quick talk, we can do this on the phone. The technology is there where we can hook up on Zoom, Skype, um, something and Facebook, whatever. And we can talk for 15 minutes and and be out of the way. So, yeah, yep. just interesting to see. And moving forward, just how things, you know, touchless, keyless, you know, are, are going to be moving forward. So, Well, before we get out of here tonight, before we get out of here, 
can't leave because we are a DMV, DC, Maryland, and Virginia based uh, podcast. So we can't leave without honoring uh, a life that was lost uh, yesterday. News came over the wire that one Wesley Sissel Unsell, West Unsell to those that are uninitiated. Uh, geez, let's read off the accolades. Six foot seven, 245 pound power forward out of Louisville. Second overall pick in 1968 by the Baltimore Bullets. Uh, played center from 68 to 81 for the Baltimore Capitol and Washington Bullets. NBA champion in 78, finals MVP in 78, MVP in 69, five-time All-Star, All-NBA first team in 69, rookie of the year in 69, rookie first team in 69, led the league in rebounding in 75, uh, one of the 50 greatest players, number 41 retired by the Washington Wizards, number 31 retired by the Louisville Cardinals, and he was a parade All-American in 64. Uh former coach of front office one West Unsell DC legend and a mainstay and one thing people don't understand about those bullets teams of the 70s and I wish they would actually put them on NBA 2K they went to the finals what four times in the Mm -hmm. 70s yeah it's either I four or five so. times. And they they went back to back. They lost to they beat the Sonics, then in 79 they lost to the Sonics. Yep. But this was a dominant team that stayed in the finals. So I just want to I just want to read off. Wes Unsell won most valuable player in 69. I just want to read off some of the names that were playing in 69. The likes of where he won this this award: Elgin Baylor, Oscar Robertson, Bill Russell. Um, help me out, KG. I'm I'm drawing a blank. Um, Will Chamberlain. Mm-hmm. Um, was Cap in the lead then? Yeah. yeah, yeah. Cap, Cap, Jerry Sloan, Nate Thurman, Havlicek. Willis Reed, Jerry West. Um, just think about those names. That was his rookie year. And he won the value, most valuable player and the rookie of the year award. Just think about that. Just think about the other players that are in the league. And we always do what ifs on this show. Sports about are about what ifs. And, you know, just think if they had won three or four titles in the, you know, in the seventies, they would have been, uh, you know, that would, that would have been considered a powerhouse. Just think, mm-hmm. about it. you know, it's just like you said, to get there and to be on top as, as much as they were into, you know, it just showed you how dominant, you know, that the whole team, you got to get a whole team credit, but West Unser, you just shows you how dominant, of a rebounder, of, of just a, a court presence he was. And, you know, that's definitely a, a, a NBA, uh, DC icon gone. And um, prayers to his family, to his family, and um, definitely uh, gone but not forgotten. You still there with me, KG? So I don't know if KG dropped off or not, but um, that's yeah, I'm I'm still here. I'm still okay. here. Okay. I was I was reading and, and I, I had uh, almost closed out the app. But uh, think about this: he played with he played with the likes of Walt Bellamy. He played against Elvin Hayes before Elvin Hayes became a teammate. You know, you like you said the, the logo rabbit. I mean, this league. Just think about the guys that were playing. Bill Russell was still playing. He was in the twilight of his career, but still playing. Uh, just the caliber of players he was playing against. And as a rookie, only two people have won the Rookie of the Year and an NBA MVP in the same year. Wilt Chamberlain and Wes Unsell. 
pretty damn good Bang. company, if you ask me. Yes, indeed. Yes, indeed. So, with that being said, with KG coming back on, we're going to we'll shut it down for tonight. Um, we are looking forward to sports coming back. So, we'll have something more than talking about what's going on uh, in this country. Sports has always been a, a getaway. You know, just a just a short getaway from all your problems and stuff and just to sit back and not have to worry about anything. You know, sports is a, a unifier, all brings all colors, races, uh, ethical backgrounds, whatever. When, when you're in that sports stadium or you're sitting with somebody that has the same jersey on you're rooting for, for that next hour, for that next four hours, y'all are brothers. So, you know, we're looking forward to that. So, um, that's it for us tonight, KG. Um, I'm BJ. We are the Sideline Junkies. You know where to hit us up at Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, Sideline Junkies 24-7 at gmail.com. For all the other guys on assignment, that's it for us. We out of here. Peace out. Out. Oh.